DJ Tech. I appreciate you rocking out. Thank you for that. So I want to welcome you. <laughs> I want to welcome everyone to Grown Folk Friday, the official kickoff. I am Big Jagger from Magic 102.3 and 92.7 DJ in the mid K. And I will be uh, joined by Fat Joe today. He's our special guest to keep things off, so I cannot wait to talk to him. But first, Gotta take the sponsor, okay? Gotta send love to Fairrider. Fairrider is launching the Fair Boat program to offer free and discounted rides to polling places in their fleet of Teslas, okay? Just download the app and use the code FAIRBOAT. Fairrider is spelled F-A-R-E-R-Y-E-E-R. -E -E and as you know, this election is crucial. So make your vote count with FAIRBOAT. Presented by Fairrider. Right, green. All right, so I'm ready to get things started with that Joe Grammy nominated host of the Joker Show. I actually have to talk to him about that too. Let's welcome Fat Joe to the room. There he is. Hey, Joe. Your mic is muted. Let's see. Is my mic muted? Oh, there you go. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I know it's grown and sexy and I'm not dressed up grown and sexy, but. You know what, Joe? <laughs> no, nah, I'm, nah, I'm saying it's grown and sexy. I should have had some fly, you know, but you know. Nah, you, you're good. Trust me, you're good. Well, Thank I want to welcome you so to Show Fridays. This is a kickoff, and I have been so excited all week, you know, leading up to this. Of course, we're going to have our exclusive virtual meet and greet afterwards so that people can, you know, get a little up close and personal with that Joe. And mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, I heard that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, I, first of all, I just want to put this out there, Joe, for anybody that will ever put your name on anything and say that they are having any type of event or you was gonna show up anywhere, that you will hop in their DMs to verify <laughs> that everything is straight and legit and who did you talk to about? I just, I just ain't want you to look crazy, right? So so I see you promoting it and <laughs> and, and I got like a bit, you know, God forbid, a, 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 you know, grown folks talk. So I'm getting a little Alzheimer's. That's why I'm doing the Fat Joe book, because I might forget everything. So I'm <laughs> like, so I forgot I confirmed the joint. Promoting, and then, but you know, Kashawn, that's my, that's my girl. You know, I love, I love Kashawn. You know, if I ain't, if I ain't have a wife, Kashawn be my wife. <laughs> my, my dog Bismarck Inc. So, you know, Kashawn, she's special. Oh my gosh. Joe, I'm going to tell you right now. I was in, I was like, wait a minute. Who, first of all, I heard when I read it, I read it in a New York accent. And you know, New Yorkers, y'all real gross. You read the New York accent? I read it in a New York accent. So I was like, who? I was like, hold on, hold on. Let me just, <laughs> let me. Let me direct him over to KB. Man, I got put in check so fast. <laughs> no, we laughed. Was like, are you playing games, Joe? Like, <laughs> uh, you confirmed this, bro. Like, I was like, oh, no. 
Yeah. It's all good. We laughed about it. And I was like, okay, well, now he knows we're good. And, you know, for a grown folk convo today, I do a segment where I talk about different um, topics and I have different questions. And so I just want to get your answer for the question of the day. So we were talking about Willow Smith uh, revealing that Jada Pinkett Smith, her mom, had been harder on her and, you know, not so much on her brother, Jaden. So they were talking about the double standards in parenting. And a lot of uh, the listeners that called in said, yes, there is a double standard. I am harder on my daughter than I am on my son, or my mom was harder on me than she was on my brothers. So I want you to weigh in on that. I think I'm hard. You know, parenting isn't uh, what I've learned. And I have some, I, I have some experience. Parenting is a job that you go and you learn as you go. Yeah. And there's no such thing as a perfect parent because we can't all know what's going on and all kids are different. Um, I'm hard on everybody, but I definitely would be, my daughter's only 14. I would be harder on my daughter than anybody. Why? Because there's vultures, there's terrible guys like me out there that you need to keep your daughter away from. And I already know. So I'm like trying to like, and then I'm working so hard to leave all this money to my, my, my daughter. I don't want no guy to just swoop up behind and once I'm gone, he living off the fat Joe and he, nah, it's hard. I, Willow Smith, that's, that, that's Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith's daughter. Right. Do you know the type of manipulation that would be flying through this little girl from some guy trying to, you know, they're trying to get in that family you know, treasure. Like, I, I just feel like it, it's, it kind of, because I feel like across the board, it should be equal, you know, because I'm hard on my son, but I'm a single mom too. So that's my only child and he's 15. So I'm just like making sure you do your laundry, you, you do the dishes, you know how to do stuff. Because when I went to college, a lot of the guys did not know how to wash clothes. They did not know how to cook a meal. They didn't know how, they didn't have a bank account. So it's a lot of things I'm hard on him for. You know, that's me. I don't know how to cook, clean, do none of that. What job? Yeah, I swear to God. The <laughs> other day, my man caught me, my brother Rich caught me in there. I made some uh, cauliflower pasta with some peas. Like, I don't know how to cook. My wife and my daughter, they out of town. And, and it results to that all, you know, I'm from the projects. Huh? That's what you ate. You fix yourself cauliflower yeah. pasta with peas and with peas and a little olive oil and some garlic. Okay, okay. And some garlic, but you I'm from the project, so we just, you know, you know, it was one of them infamous days when you home and you you don't you just make whatever's in there. Listen, and you just take the stuff and you just it's it, damn near gumbo spaghetti. Okay. I buy oodles and noodles or the wrong top <laughs> I put shrimp in it, some hot sauce, cabbage, whatever. <laughs> I, everything, I, everything. Kitchen man, sink. Yo, you gotta you gotta learn how to do the laundry though. I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to know how to do the you know I, I i'm not proud about it but when i went i went i'm not proud about it but when i went when i went to jail for a little couple of months man they, they was washing my clothes and all that like i never washed clothes yeah you know i'm born to be a don to be a king i don't know how to explain it to you it's certain things we don't do <laughs> 
No, I get it. But you know, just being hard on on the the women, it it makes us grow up because my mom was hard on me too. But a lot of guys say that women, when they get older, they have this independent, like I'm a strong independent woman. Like I don't need a man to do this, that, and the other. So some of the men are saying that they feel like, well, where's my place in the relationship? If you're, you don't need me to do anything. You can, you can mow the lawn. You can change the oil in, in your own car tire. So where, where's that balance come in? Well, some people are different. You know me, uh, you know, with, with, with my wife, she's been a, a stay home mom, you know, let's just say she, she never have a nine to five, not in a bad way. That's the way I took care of her. Yeah. You know, since we've been together 26 years, I've always made sure she got treated like a queen. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but, you know, I also, as I looked at it from the outside in, I wouldn't have been mad to have a rich wife who's like a Fortune 500 company owner. Like, I would know how to support her too. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, a, it's a major problem with, with men, with, when I see some of my sisters, I got a strong, like you see Kashawn, I got a strong, Fat Joe has a strong sisterhood. Yeah. If, 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 you know, my sisters are powerful. Yeah. Yeah, my, 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 my sisters are powerful, independent women that are presidents of record companies and own multi-million dollar company. I got a, I got a crew, like 20 of them. They all go on vacation together. And they love me and I'm their brother. And, um, but most of them, the successful ones have a problem finding a man because a man is so intimidated by their success. And if you left it up to me and they wasn't my sister, so you know, I'm on their side. So any guy that comes, I'm their brother. It's not like, yo, what up my man? But if it was one of my mans, I'd have been like, yo bro, is you crazy? You better marry that girl so fast. She worth some M's as you nuts. But I can't cross the line because I'm with my sisters. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. It does. And that's that's just to say, fellas are going to need to step their game up when they are approaching them or when they're approaching your daughter. They're going to have to come correct and they're going to have to at least be a boss because I'm sure she's like, my dad is you know, it's that Joe. My dad provided and she sees that example. So you won't have to come correct. So that's all that means. She a, she a boss. She's 14. She's the executive producer of the Fat Joe show. So we already on revolt. We're probably going to get an even bigger situation. And it was because of how I did it. But at the same time, I wanted to let, let her know that she's a boss. And at the same time, any young girls that's following my daughter, they know, yo, we could be bosses. You know, it's very important that we do that in the minds of our people, you know, and just implant to them and give them, give them a reason to think that they can be successful. Absolutely, because we could do anything. Like, absolutely. that's a fact. Yeah, yeah. And so like now with COVID, I don't think anyone prepared for what we had to endure this year. Cause I know I've been home since March. Um, there are so many businesses suffering the industry artists, you know, a lot of artists can't go on tour like they, you know, used to. I lost millions of dollars not being able to go on tour. I'm keeping it real with you millions. 
Yeah. Not being able to go on tour. And that's how artists, most of us, well, I was brainwashed. I was telling Khaled this yesterday. I was uh I was like, yo, Khaled, I've been brainwashed my whole career to think that if I don't make show money, I'll go broke. But the COVID taught me how to make money different ways. Yeah. So now when we go back to the touring, that's like a cherry on top. Yeah. So I had to adjust. Even though I own several businesses that thank God uh, they're doing phenomenal. You know what I mean? But I had to learn to adjust. And now I do just as good as this. I was going on a tour, staying home, being safe. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And you guys can really be creative now because one thing it has opened up is the fact that y'all can do concerts at home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I'm not even like the the uh I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's not the same, you know? Because yeah. I know you're looking at the people. Interact. Yeah. So my 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 greatest passion doing music has always been performing and looking at my fans sing my words. It's a powerful thing. It's like, you know, I don't use drugs. And that, that's the closest never, thing to smoke never, ever, never. ever. I use, I smoked weed one time <laughs> and I ran out the house butt naked. Are you and, sure this weed though? Huh? Are you yeah, sure? it was weed. I won't, I won't tell you who I smoked it with, but let's just say <laughs> it was an honorable resource. And, and so I smoked it with her and Many, many, many years ago, and I ran out the house naked. It was like three in the morning. And so she pulled up on me in the car. She was like, Joe, get in the car. I was like, I'm going to die. I got to go to the hospital. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And she was like, Joe, get in the car. Get in the car. I'll take you to the hospital. So she put me in the car. Yeah. She went around the block. We went back in the crib. I took like seven showers. That was it for me. And it looked so good because my, I'm in hip hop. So every night I'm in the studio, there's a mountain of weed. Everybody's enjoying it. And I'm just scared to death. I don't think nobody want to see Fat Joe running butt naked 2020 somewhere. I don't think so. Wait, was it winter time or summer? Because I hope it wasn't cold outside Joe now. Really, I can't really. That's a, that's a great, because I've said the story a hundred times, but that's a great question. I think it was, it couldn't have been winter because I'd have froze. I, it would have been part of the story, but that's a great question. It had to be like spring or summer, something like that. That's a great question. Wow. That's a great question. Wow. Like that is wild. Yeah, it happened. It happened. Yeah, man. I, I'm not even going to tell that, a, a story about that, but. Um, oh, you have one of those? <laughs> All I would say is, Joe, all I'm gonna say is when you and it, it involved it involved a brownie, okay? Ooh, that I that. didn't know. I think I, I had that too. <laughs> I had one. 
was hungry. And you know, when you're hungry and I was at an event, I was on press for an event and I kept, it was like a festival and I kept pinching it, pinching it. And I was just like starving. So by the time I got in the Uber and I got home, it didn't hit me until I got home. Joe, I was like, hear my heartbeat. I just, I, was, I had to like breathe. I had to talk myself through it. <laughs> I'll tell you what happened to me. And was still done. So yeah, I was like, no, no. no. I'm going to tell you what happened. We were shooting a video, me and my sister, Rem, and French Montana. And uh, so they get hot. Like, but Remy hasn't got hot because she was on parole. And good for her, since she's been off parole, she ain't even smoked one time. And she used to be a super pie head. But French get hot. Yeah. So... All of a sudden, we shooting this video. This video is expensive. By the way, I pay for it out of my pocket. There's no white guy behind door number one. This is all fat Joe. So you'll understand the urgency of this. We're in the middle. We got a tiger for this video, the cooking video. We got a tiger. The tiger's getting restless. He's from Remy Scene. She's supposed to perform with him right in front of her. Um, And uh, all of a sudden, I'm in French's thing and I'm eating cookies, chocolate chip cookies, right? Next nobody thing I know, you. huh? Nobody warned you. Nobody, they set me up, man. And I was really pissed at French because the next thing I know, I'm banging on Rebby's door. And she's like, what's wrong? I said, yo, the sun going down. If the sun go down, we got to shoot another whole day. This, 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 this. So I don't know that I ate this cookie and it had weed in it. It wasn't till the next day, Remy called me up. She said, you know something? I said, what? She said, you know, they had weed in them fucking cookies you ate. I said, stop, Rem. She said, you was banging on my trailer. It was the sunniest in the world. She said, Joe, we shot 10 scenes after that shit. You banged on the door talking about the sun going down. She was like, you was high as hell. I said, oh my God. French hit me with the cookie. Yeah, the cookies. And that's like a, a minute to, to like come down and, and get back to normal. And you know what? That might be what, cause listen. I like to be in control. I don't like right. that. Like I hate flying because the guy flying is in control. And yeah. I don't know. I just don't, I don't like, I like to be in so control. You don't at all. Cause I remember who was, who did we interview? Uh, Khaled. Khaled said he, you know, he, at that time he was like, no, flights all tour bus like we taking a tour bus across country we not getting on no flights so you still are me too yeah i fly i've flown all around the world thank god i've been able to face my fear but okay. uh the best way to describe it to you is that imagine if you had a fear what's your biggest fear i really don't want to tell you but i will say bugs but i won't tell you what type of bug because you you would I do not like okay. bugs. Okay. Like a phobia. Imagine you're in a small room uh -huh. with the bug you hate the most, a thousand of them for like 13, oh, no. 14 hours straight. No, 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 no. I get scared of flying 10 okay. seconds, I'm terrified. So if I gotta fly to Africa for 16 hours, uh -huh. I am at I am in fear for every second of 16 hours. To get over there, to it's the worst shit. Excuse my language. It's the worst. It's the worst thing you could ever like for me. 
But I thank God, even though I'm terrified that he allowed me to face my fear. Some people won't face it. Well, what was that first flight like? Like the first oh, time wow. that you had to face that fear. You know, a friend of mine had a private plane and he would offer it to me all the time. And uh, uh, I don't know if I want to tell, all right. So uh, Khaled, who's one of my best friends, uh, was in Puerto Rico and he, and, he, and he bumped into some guys I had beef with. This is many, many years ago. Okay. And so they was acting like they was gonna beat up Khaled. So they was like, you know, they caught Khaled. So, you know, like the hood rules, they caught Khaled. Yo, we should F you up. You know, your boy ain't here now. You know, they was doing all that. Yeah. And it was at one of those music summits. So Khaled was out there. So okay. everybody was calling me, it was like, yo, you know them boys you got beef with? They keep trying to punk Khaled. So Khaled's calling me. I was driving back on a tour bus to uh, New York from Miami. And I remember I was just, you know, that takes 24 hours. I kept staring at the trees. And I was like, man, you's a punk, man. You's a sucker, man. Your man needs your help. You won't even get on a plane. You's a punk, bro. You's a, this, this, this. So next thing I know, when we finally got up towards Jersey, I called my man. I said, yo, you got your plane? He was like, yeah. I was like, all right, get the plane ready. I'm jumping on the plane. And we jumped on the plane. Me and a couple of my friends, we jumped on the plane to go see Cali. And that was the first flight I ever took. Man. And you were calm? <laughs> like well, To tell you the truth, I got drunk on that flight. We oh, got a picture yeah. somewhere. Yeah. I was pissy drunk on there. But... <laughs> What happened was it was private, so it was different. So while the man was so calm, the pilot telling me, yo, it's cool. It was fly. It was a private, like a G4. Next thing I knew while I was talking to him, it's almost like when the dentist is talking to you and they start numbing you, that motherfucker was off the ground. That plane was like, whoa, nothing you could do. So I was like telling the stewardess, whatever. I was like, yo, give me the vodka this big. <laughs> so I took the vodka. So the first, well, I flew, that was the gift and the curse. Cause right. I flew private for about four years straight. I don't know if you know, private is a lot of money. Well, I know that's why I don't fly private. Oh my God. Like, so <laughs> I was thinking it was like a cab. So okay. it's not so like I'm spending all that lean back money, all that money on them privates like, yo, you know, it was abuse, you know what I mean? I ain't gonna lie to you. We was doing stuff like, yo, we want Puerto Rican food. Let's go to Puerto Rico. Yo, let's just, oh, like, we was, uh, oh, yeah, yeah we was wilding. Aspire. I aspire to be, like, to do that one day. Like, you know how everybody is mad at Kim Kardashian right now because she flew all her folks out for her 40th. She flew to a private island. Listen, it's nothing to be mad about. Yeah, she got to enjoy herself. Exactly. You know, we're doing too much with the cancel culture. We're giving too much uh, justification mm. to the cancel culture, whatever. The woman got money. Her family got money. You love her. She wanted to celebrate her 40th is a big year yeah. with her family. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Can't nobody really tell me how to spend my money. As long as you ain't doing nothing wrong, you ain't raping nobody, you ain't pedophying no kids, you ain't like that. It's a party with my family. You can't tell me how to spend my money. I did that for my 
for my 50th birthday, we went to Turks and Caicos. And it was my family and we played music. We had fun on the beach and all that. That's what it's, we only get one life. That's how it's supposed to be. And you know, with this cancel culture, the thing that I, I really don't get or I don't agree with is holding people for some of the things that they said on Twitter. Because when Twitter first popped off, like people was just saying anything. And as long as it wasn't like, like racist, if it was, a, if it's a comedian and they're just- Wait, Oh, a comedian can say whatever he want. That's what- that's Last night- I'm like, comedy- now, a comedian is historically, comedian makes fun of shit he ain't supposed to make fun of. Exactly. And we laugh because we know he's just joking and having fun. Um, But, you know, my thing is this. My whole life, I believed in redemption. I believed that people could change. I believe in giving second chances. And so what happens is America tries to act like they believe in second chances, but they never truly believe you could change. Even if you're a kid in the ghetto, if you were a kid in the ghetto and your father was a criminal, when the cops stopped you, I don't know if you remember this when you was little, they knew your father's name, so they assumed you was a criminal. Hmm. Yeah, your family name. Let me, I'll give you, I'll give you a real life thing that, that maybe I shouldn't say, but my wife, her father was like a big time guy. You know what I'm saying? And he's from Columbia, you do the math, yeah. And so he did a bunch of years in the feds and they sent them back to Columbia. They deported him. My brother-in-law, who's a college kid, the nicest kid you've seen in the world, we can't get him to come over here because of his family's name. Mm. Kid never did a crime, never spit on the floor. One of the best kids. In fact, I almost don't want him to come here because he might get corrupt here. Like he's such a nice kid. You know what, because of his father's name, Colombia won't allow him to get a visa to come out here. It's crazy. So so tell me about a time where you have had to give someone a second chance to forgive someone, because that's like my biggest thing. Like it's hard, especially when somebody did you wrong. I'm stubborn. Yeah. I'm stubborn. I mean, and you have, publicly had feuds with people with with other artists with, with you know it's been it's been through uh getting older yeah getting wiser i've been stubborn like i beat through 50 cent for seven years right you know i had beef with jay-z i had beef with all of them the biggest ones i went to war with and i just one day i realized i said yo you know what man i mean it's about what? We never did violence to nobody or nothing like that. What's this all about? Word. And so I try to forgive. Now there's certain people I can't forgive, no matter what. And so if there's no violence involved or nothing like that, certain people I can't forgive, especially people, um, I'm a real loyal person, mm -hmm. right? And, and I go above and beyond for my people above and beyond. So when I do something from the heart to change your life or give you something or give you an opportunity for you to get rich or, you know, I just don't want to elaborate, but there's been some people really hurt me. 
And the problem is with me is that I can tell you countless of people that have been in my position that never helped nobody. People we look up to. And then when I look at me, I've always, in turn, I've been loyal to something called the hip hop culture. And so, uh, and then to music in general. Doesn't need to be hip hop, it can be R&B, it can be salsa, whatever. But if I met you walking down the street and you sang to me and you sounded better than Whitney Houston, but you told me, Joe, I'm not ready to, I'm not gonna sign to you. I'm not gonna do no business with you. I would introduce you to the proper authorities and step back and be like, I gotta do it for music. I gotta do it for the culture. They need to hear this young lady, right? And, and that's been my approach to keeping it real and pure to hip hop and to music. And, um, and so I've done that. And people have backstabbed me in so many ways. It's hurt me so much because I knew nobody else. See, this is a test, right? Uh, I wish I could stick to this, but I don't. But I wish I would only help people that I knew if I needed the help would help me back. Uh, I don't know, Joe. You know why I say that? Because I feel like the type of person that you are, everything you just said, that's the type of person, that's what is in your heart. That's the type of person you are. So good mm -hmm. things are always gonna come back to you because that is the type of person you are. And it, it shows and it's a test to your character to help somebody that may not return it to you. But everything good is going to come back to you because of the type of person you are. I believe so, that, and that's why we blessed to this day. Absolutely. I believe that, and that's why we blessed to this day. I mean, my wife don't believe it. You know, my... <laughs> nah, I'm keeping it real. My, 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 my brother don't believe it. But he be like, yo, you should have owned that guy. You should have owned that guy. You know how many people I put, I put Khaled in the game, Pitbull in the game. I put so many people in the game and I never did business. I, I was like, yo, I love what you do. I don't want to ever fight with you over no money. You know, you're my brothers. And these guys made a hundred million dollars. Like, you know what I mean? So when you talk to your brother and your wife, they're like, damn, you should have had some of that bread from that dude. You know what I'm saying? So do you feel that? Do you do you honestly feel I don't bother me? I make enough money. I'm like, I'm I'm happy with my life and I'm happy with what I do. I make a lot of money, thank God, alhamdulillah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm great. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I never count nobody else's money. I never look at it like that. With me, it's like we bless and more of our people in position of success and power, that means we, we even that much stronger. That's how I look at it. Well, did you ever feel, you know, when you were going through your situation, your legal situation, did you ever feel like there were people who, like you said, you helped out that you thought- I felt that, trust you? me. And then- My feelings were hurt. My feelings were hurt. You know why? Because I'm a prideful guy and I would never take nothing from nobody. I got a sister, her name is Lauren Ridinger. She's a billionaire. She came to my court case when they gave me the four months and mind you, I. I'm not lying to you. I'm guilty of a lot of things. I wasn't guilty of this. The accountant fucked me and I showed the government proof of the wire transfers that we was paying them every month so he could pay. He never paid. 
So we showed it. They said, but you as the leader of your home, you are responsible for who works for you. So now I'm like, wow. We paid them the money, a million, 200,000 before I go in there. I got to pay a lawyer 600,000. I got to, this shit was crazy, yeah. right? So one of my friends, she told me to go to her house. I went to her house. She chased me around with a million dollar check. This is a true story. Crying, begging me to take it. I couldn't take it. My pride wouldn't let me take it. But you know, the point is, some of my friends, to, to, to answer your question, uh, I wish they would have, even if they were lying, say, yo, Joe, I heard you going through something. Can I help? I would have said, I would have declined, but it would have felt good to know somebody got your back. You know, and I ain't gonna lie to you that the uh the only, you know, Khaled didn't have money like that at the time. But the only friend of mine that that offered their help was Pitbull. And I was shocked. He called me up, he sat down with me, yo, what's up, my brother? Yo, this, this, that. I was like, yo, 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 Joe, can I give you something? I'm like, yo, what you saying? He was like, nah, man, a couple of hundred thousand, whatever you need, I'll give it to you. I was like, nah, be like, I'm good, but it felt so good walking away, like, wow. There's a real one out here. <laughs> what about your crew? Like, you have, you had the whole, like, terror squad, and then I'm sure there was another, like, circle of friends that... But you know what, when you, you know, Joe is the boss. Right, yeah. And we talking about, I paid millions and millions of dollars. Before the shit appeared, I was a millionaire, multi-millionaire. Right, right. So everybody was leaning on me. Okay. And uh, I think a big mistake we always make is that uh, we be the fall guy, the guy they can all lean on. And then our friends, they love us because they love us, but they can't help us. Right. You can't help a fat Joe Bill. A fat Joe Bill, i tell you right now, I pay about 60, 70,000, not to mention businesses, mm. every month in bills just to wake up. That's not buying a Diet Pepsi. That's not, that's just waking up, paying mortgage, my mother's mortgage, my this, my that, the cars, the kids, school, the this. You know, that's real shit. So if I got a best friend who makes $2,000 a month, he can't even buy me a croissant. I got you. I got you. And so like, so after you went through all of that and you know, you got back, you got your groove back. You know, you, you, you're starting businesses and you're, you know, you're still going to the studio, you still feel that urge, you still love the, the game, you still love hip hop. Uh, what direction did you feel like you wanted to take? Like, did you want to start building back on the music or did you feel like you had to start stacking a foundation so that no, we love we love music, right? Yeah. This, 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 you're very, really, really, extremely good at this, right? Uh, we love music. Music is our heart, our soul, our passion, right? But in the world of business, music is a coffee table, a conversation piece. Yeah. It gets you in the doors that you wouldn't get into. So Jay Z, because he's the hottest, his wife is Beyonce. They with Oprah Winfrey. And then they meet other billionaires that seem to love them that they could do business with and get caked up. Puff Daddy the same. So the music got Puff Daddy, Sean John clothing that he sold for 300,000. Got him the liquor. 
Uh, the music got Khaled every commercial in the universe he got. The music is just the coffee table talk. It's really not the currency. The, the, the currency is it allows you to be popular enough to do things. So what I had the plan, I was like, God, just let me get one more. Let me get one more to put me in that space so now I can open up my stores. I could do this business. I could pop. So I already knew. I had all the experience, but you got to be hot. Nobody going nobody gonna to rock with you if you're not hot. So I knew I had to get myself hot. So everybody's like, oh, wow, he's back. It's all, all right, let's talk. Let's do some business. <laughs> right. Let's do some business, guys. Let's do some business. Let's go. <laughs> Yo, before they look, they turn around. I said, this, this guy done figured this shit out. Like, figured <laughs> it out. No, that's the goal. Always use it as a, a stepping stone. There's so many things I want to talk to you about, and time is running down. But uh, one thing that I did want to get into is how much the hip hop, well, not even just hip hop, just the music industry in general, how much, you know, it has changed to where, you know, now the, the guys are getting into it. And at first, you know, with Jay and Pub, like you said, it's business, it's this, that, and the other, but now people are more so um, focusing on number one, making the bread, and number two, being this popular person, not so much as doing the business. So have with you watching how hip hop has changed, how the flows have changed, how people would talk about mumble rap and this, that, and the other, like different genres coming out within hip hop. What is being, not that you're on the sidelines by any means, but just watching it unfold and evolve and turn into something else did you have an opinion about it? Did you ever say to yourself, like, I need to get back in there and really like, you know. Do well, I do, I, you know, I dropped the album like a year ago, uh, had Cardi B on there and well, uh, Bryce Tiller, Jeremiah, Todd Dollars, Core Family Todd's amazing album. And um, I thought I represented uh, my era and my style of music meshed with you know, the young artists as flawless as to be, as seamless as possible. Um, music has to grow, life has to grow. I'm sure Chuck D, Public Enemy, and Heavy D was looking at Nas, Jay-Z, and Fat Joe, like, what happened to hip hop? <laughs> and then it, it, it just, it's nothing we can do. We can't hold it forever. And, um, and there's a very important thing that you said there, that, that at the end of the day, it's all that matters. Uh, why does Sierra have a Weight Watchers commercial? And I get it. She just had a baby. Maybe she got a little baby fat. But we all know Sierra, one of them girls with them snapbacks. She, 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 she's not a Weight Watchers, but she's famous. And her husband is famous. So everything nowadays, why is the girl the Kardashian girl sells a billion dollars in makeup because she's famous. Mm -hmm. And now it's not about, and I'm not taking nothing to discredit nobody because yeah. everybody's talented in their own way. But now it's based on fame and popularity. Before it's not ba based on 
and I'm not taking nothing away from these girls or nothing like that, is based on how famous you are, what's your following, what's your this. Those are the guys and girls who get everything. Because people don't know no better. Going with that, I was hoping that you brought in the social media aspect because social media has changed the game for so many artists. And I'm just thinking about if social media was around when the fat Joe. Oh no, I'd have been I had a hundred million. I would have had a hundred million followers. <laughs> no, this is they think. So you got to understand this era. This ain't my era. This social media. We've learned to adapt Absolutely. and try to get in there and try to figure this thing out. But this is day shit. My daughters, all these kids, oh this God. is day stuff. So when you see a young artist have one song and have 12 million followers, wow. it's not that he's better than LL Cool J. He's not bigger than Lauren Hill. It's just it's his time. What they do? Little Wapty Wap got the new hot song. Oh, we gotta follow him. I know the dance. <laughs> yes. And now it's 12 million followers overnight. It ain't that they're better than nobody or whatever. This is they thing. So now when you got a guy who's older like me, I gotta finesse the system and stay current and figure out, all right, where I get mines off at. Cause whatever it does, Wherever the world goes until the day I leave Earth, I'm adopted to whatever's going on. That and that and that and that's my point. So you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. Make a bold prediction. Uh, if I'm on this Earth, 70 years old, I still be walking on a red carpet somewhere, looking fly as hell <laughs> on a movie that just came out. And I'm gonna stay relevant. My life in here is to entertain the people yeah. and stay in your face. And that's why I love your show. Um, one of the, the drops now that we play is your reaction to Busta saying that he would bust T.I.'s ass. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I caught the blow for T.I. I'm like, <laughs> we I didn't know it was coming. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Like, <laughs> what is, I said, you really found your lane with this. Did you expect it? to be that way. You know, it's always you been, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the truth, okay. right? I never told nobody the truth, but I think you deserve it because this is grown talk and it's, uh, you've been asking all the right questions. Um, I turned down two TV shows. I don't want to say the channels, for good money, now that I know what, what it was worth, it was good money. When they were they were telling me, yo, we want to do a fat joke show. One of them was Vice TV, right? Another one was another big, and they wanted me to do what I'm doing on Instagram. COVID hit. So I went on Instagram and I said, you know what? Let me do the fat joke show on Instagram while we on this COVID. And I'ma just show everybody what I could do. Yeah. And, you know, it's always been no secret. You know, guys like Pharrell, Pharrell will call me to the studio, sit down in his yogurt stance and ask me gangster questions. Yeah. And Kanye West, the same thing. Kanye West would be like, please, Joe, tell me a story. Tell me a story. 
So this is before all this, years ago, whatever. So in the industry, they knew, yo, Fat Joe know how to tell a story. And he got stories. And so um, it was only natural for me to turn it on. Did I know I was going to be on for eight months? Did I know I was going to have anybody you could name on the show every single night? Big Sean. I mean, the list goes on. And we had Kalani. This week we had Isaac Wright on Monday, who's a guy who got the TV show for life, who was wrongfully convicted and turned into a lawyer himself, got himself out of jail. He had a, a life in 72 years school. Second day was Dallas Austin, who produced, all I really know is that they don't really care about us. He, he, he produced The Boy Is Mine. He put P. Diddy on. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dallas Austin. Wednesday was Kalani. Yeah. Thursday, and I wasn't ready for that either. Thursday, th you know, Kalani, see all too sexy talking. You know, I'm, I'm past that talk. Like, I was like, <laughs> you know, I wasn't ready, right? So, Thursday, <laughs> we had the L.A. Laker, Quentin Cook, and Lavelle Crawford, one of my favorite comedians in the world. So, and tonight we switch it up. We got some ball players. We got uh, Chanel West Coast. You know, I just, I can't believe that eight months we've changed the guests every single night. You know, the week before who, that is Buster who, who gave you Jopra? The joke, like, who called you that? Uh, Pete Diddy. Okay. Pete Diddy called okay. me Jopra. Okay. I did an in-depth, uh, interview with him okay um where um i was asking him about you know stuff you know kim porter asking him about you know all positive all i do is positive yeah i'm not with the shot jot i'm not trying to get the dirt right. i'm not trying to you know i'm not trying to get none of that right and um and so he was telling me so much. He was like, yo, man, you know what, man? You Jopra Winfrey, man. It's <laughs> the Jopra show. I just figured it out. And so, so since that started. interview, we've been calling myself Jopra. And me and Diddy, we partners now. Right. The show's on Revolt, and we're going to get it at another platform, like a, a Netflix or Amazon, something like that. You know what I'm saying? So we... um. And and uh, it is what it is. He he coined the phrase Jopra. I like Jopra. I like that. So I want to ask you two things before I let you go because I know mm -hmm. you have been very vocal about everyone getting out to vote and voting early. The importance of this election. So uh, one thing I want to ask you about is all the controversy with Lil Wayne. You know, posting a picture with Trump. Um, smiling and just like, I like what he's doing. I, I'm here for the platinum plan when, 
you know, we, there have been several people to come out and say that that platinum plan doesn't really uh, benefit Exist. folks as much as they are trying to push the Roland it. Smith, Roland Smith is as black as you can be. And he broke that down to Ice Cube so legendary when he was Roland, like, yo, this or Roland Smith. Roland Martin, I'm sorry. Roland Martin, he's as black as you can be if you talk about black journalism. And he sits down with Ice Cube and he breaks down that plan. And he says, it don't say nothing about black people in here. Mm -hmm. And if he says it, <laughs> then yeah, it's real. So yeah. I'm like, I'm watching that boom. Now, we live in America, it's a democracy. You're allowed, I, so many of my friends are going for Trump. Business uh, of uh, rich uh, business people because he saves them in taxes. He saved me in taxes. Um, morally, I can't go for Trump. Morally, uh, he's racist. Uh, what he did at the border to them kids. Uh, won't denounce white supremacy. I can't take it. I, I don't want another four years of this guy on the news. Every It's like this guy wakes up every day, like before us. He must wake up like three in the morning. Wait till they see this shit. Wait, wait till they see what I do tomorrow. Like, yo, this, I can't take it. Yeah. I can't take it. So now um, I feel like Little Wayne has a right to his opinion. We know that every time Wayne is asked about certain issues. He got his own view to it. You know what I'm saying? You know, I love him. He's one of my best friends. Um, did I see it coming? No. Uh, what I do believe is us as black people, Latinos, we got to stick together, man. And we got to stay on the same message. You know, and it's too much going out here with racial divide. I've never in my life uh, have seen people fighting in the middle of the street oh my gosh. over they like Trump, we like Biden. They're fighting in the middle of the street. This country is divided and this man has poured gasoline on the fire. From and us asking for the police not to kill us unlawfully. Simple things like that, you know? You just want people to look at us as humans. Yeah. Just yeah. a human being. At the end of the day, I'm human. I got a family. I got a wife I'm trying to get back to. I got kids. I work hard. I pay taxes. Why you want to kill me? Right. You get what I'm saying? Why you want to kill me? What I've done to you? Why do I look to you like less than a human? And that's a deep-rooted... Uh, history that and it's sad because we thought we was not all the way past that because racism is always going to exist yeah. but we thought we was in the clear we was more towards progression you know Obama was elected we thought things were turning around slightly we always know the racism is there right we always know it's there but not like this so this man done brought it to the forefront so now I can't go for the man I cannot say, yo, I save money with this guy. But he's talking about 
Mexicans are all drug dealers. They all like, you know, the man did too much. He did too much. I don't care what kind of money he's saving anybody. Too, because the way that, you know, uh, he did Puerto Rico and <laughs> yeah. So I ain't even put that in there. He went over there and threw him tissue and never gave him no money to help him. And then, right. Man, file all the way around. So why should we trust him now? So imagine even if we take him, the first speech he said was Mexicans are rapists and drug dealers and this and that. Uh, there's 500 something kids that, that still don't know where their parents are. 74. And he's like, yo, we took care, we, we, take, we taking care of them. What you mean you taking care of them? Don't you, didn't you grow up with your mother and father? These kids want to grow up with their family, right? Then we got, he called the white supremacists in North Carolina and Charlottesville, he called them good people, mm. right? We got so much things that this guy has done so horrible. Under his watch, 230,000 people have died and counting. And Obama said, yo, we left them the playbook I guess he took it and put it under the furniture that was uneven. Because it, it came from Obama. He's tried to undo everything Obama done. But I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to definitely- That's racist in itself. Yes, yes. Great. Obama made Obamacare before Obama, every person, a president, a senator, whoever you name, try to get this bill passed where we could we could take care of people with pre-existing conditions. So what people got to understand is before Obama, if you had diabetes, if you had something, you had to take an operation, you had to go bankrupt. They would not give you no insurance. Because of Obama, they got Obamacare. So my thing to Trump is, why you want to get rid of Obamacare? It helps 20 million people who have pre-existing conditions. Like, I, I just don't get it. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you go out and vote, people. Um, so the last thing I want you to do, we're going to play a little quick little game. It's hip-hop. Who said that? So you tell me which hip-hop artist said this recently. I hope, I, hope, I better clear my ears because this is, this, you might embarrass me bad right now. No, no, no. This happened recently. Who do you think said this? COVID starts in the throat. And if you catch it while it's still in the throat, when you drink warm liquids, warm liquids wash it down to the stomach where the stomach acids will kill it. That's why I'd rather boost my immune system and drink tea rather than hide behind a mask in fear of COVID. Hip hop artist said that? Recently. I'll let you know who it was. It was T.I. Now, <laughs> do you think, now do you think with, and that's my thing, with artists such as yourself, T.I., I mean, anyone, bust anybody in the hip hop community, when you come out and you speak out against certain things, do you feel like you have a responsibility to at least- Check the facts. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. That's a fact. Okay. <laughs> you got to check the facts. See, I said three, drinking tea a, a day, three, three times a day keeps COVID away. Well, I believe that I've heard parts of that to be correct, right? So 
COVID cannot cannot exist in your stomach. And it does go in through your nose and come through the thing. But I think once you got it, you got it. So and it, was actually it is what it is. Can you call it right now until I'm on a meeting? Mm -hmm. You know, so my thing is, once you got it, you got it. You know, so, but there's things to it that's true, but that's misleading. Everyone should wear a mask. Everyone should wash their hands. The only thing I've noticed that prevented me, thank God, thus far from getting COVID is rocking that mask and cleaning my hands. So I'm different. Like I'm, I'm like real different. Like I walk around my mask, my sanitizer, I wash. If I touch anything, if I press a button, I touch my car door, I'm wiping it. I'm wiping my hands. I'm not, I have been a model citizen with the mask, wiping my hands today. I'm about to take a COVID test now. They coming over here to take it. I took one last week. I'm not playing. Yeah. I don't play. I took one last week. I'm about to take a COVID and I'm not even traveling. I just want to make sure I'm good for when I go see my mother and father tomorrow. I want to make sure I'm straight before I walk in there and hug my mother and hug my father who are elderly and have respiratory issues and stuff like that. So, you know, God been good to me. You know what I'm saying? So we just got to take care of ourselves, man. Thank you for saying that, Joe. I mean, I could talk to you forever, but we got to wrap it up. So I want to thank you. You ain't asked me how I stay looking young. I'm more handsome than ever. You ain't asked me none of real. Yo, you said grown is sexy. It is You grown said grown is sexy. sexy like my female fans was going to, they really tuned in right now. Like they want to know. So what have you been doing? Cause I call you Joe. I don't even call you Fat Joe, okay? Cause you're looking good, Joe. Right, so you've been eating cauliflower and peas. That's what you've been doing over there. You <laughs> cauliflower everything. Yo, you know they make cauliflower everything. They make cauliflower pizza crust. Cauliflower rice, cauliflower potatoes, cauliflower this, but it ain't really buffalo, potato time. Huh? Buffalo. Cauliflower. Yeah, yeah. So you know everything we have, all the carbs turn into sugar. Yeah. And the sugar turned into fat, turned into diabetes. You know, so um I try to watch my carbs no matter what. And then we work out every day. You know, we all of us, you know what I'm saying? So me, my brothers, even if they're not in town, they'll call me from the gym. I got a boy here in LA, call me from the everybody in you be like, damn. Accountability partner. That's what I need. Like, yo, we be like this on it. When I try to be lazy, they be like, yo. I be like, oh. <laughs> now, Joe, if you front, you know you front it, cause they try to call you and tell you to get on your job. I know one time I posted up me working out and uh, my girl. Uh, they call her Ilfinator. But you know her as the wife in the in in the TV show uh, King of Harlem okay. with Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, so I met her with doing she's got a habit. So I remember one day I posted up me working out, and she was like, "Oh man, damn, I was gonna be lazy, 
I gotta hit the gym if Joe hit the gym. That's motivation. Yeah, it's motivation. Does Khaled call you? Does he hit you and be like, yo, because he I harass him. He was always working out. He was always like on Snapchat when <laughs> on the bike. You know, he lost 12 pounds. I don't want to do jinx him, but in the last two weeks, he lost 12 pounds. I went with him yesterday. We was in the pool. We was working out in the pool. Uh you know what? This guy's crazy, bro. Some days he's working out. Some days he's not. Like I'm like I can't play with him. Like you know, huh? Nah, he's not consistent. You know, I bought a bike. My bike is fly. Cali bought the bike. He did it with me for three days. Then he chilled. Like I can't do it. Like yo, Cali, let's go. Like, don't you want to live? We want to live. And you know what? The best part about it is when you start having to buy new clothes because everything is too big all your clothes are yeah that's the sad thing yesterday i went on uh, spring cleaning and uh i do it at least two three times i spend a lot of my money on clothes i'm very addicted and shoes and shoes and being fly at least the shoes is still good but the clothes so yesterday i guess i was bored and i went in the closet and started pulling everything out and my girl patricia she takes it to her church so we do it about two, three times a year. And I was just throwing, and I mean, I'm talking about Gucci shit, Louis stuff, uh, all, all type of, you know, you know, somebody's gonna be fly. Somebody, somebody's getting fly. So I give it to her, but I threw on a couple of my Balenciaga shirt stuff. I paid big money on it. And it was so big on me. I was like, no, like, like I know I want to lose weight, but yo, I spent too much bread on this, like. So I think I'm gonna have to pick out the best things and have a seamstress or something yeah. come and make me smaller. Okay, so tell me your cheat meal. What's the, the the thing that you know you're not supposed to to really have, but you treat yourself every now and again? You know, I'm sugar-free everything. So my thing is, uh, huh? I'm a sugar-free Joe. So. You know, my, my if I wasn't a sugar-free Joe, I'd be really slim when you see my cheekbones. So I eat everything sugar-free. So if I want something uh, sweet, I have some sugar-free uh, cookies or with some sugar-free ice cream, thinking that, you know, I'm doing the right thing. But that's the problem. If I got rid of that... You'll be good. I'd be too good. Because <laughs> I'm good now. I went to see the doctor last week. He called me a stud. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. Yeah. But like you see, the Diet Pepsi, the, you know, yeah. I'm a sugar freer. But my thing is, if I eliminated that, oh, I'll be out of here, like on yeah, another level. They're going to be like, let's go, Joe. They're going to be hitting you on social media. Like, you in, you in the gym? What we doing today? You working Number out? No, I work out every day, though. No BS. If I would take you to my room upstairs, right out the bed, out the bed, mm -hmm. one step, I bump into the elliptical. I do not play with these people. I do not play with these people. If it's raining outside, I'm on the elliptical. If it's sunny, I'm riding my bike. I'm getting it in. Like, I, I it's a matter of, I want to live. Right, right. And so where, what, what are the plans moving forward? Because I know now most people are thinking about 2021, everything they have lined up. So I know this has given you, not only do you have your own show, 
but I know this is giving you time to really put that blueprint together for what I'm you- I'm gonna be honest with you. You ready for it? I'm ready. And I respect you because this is a very beautiful interview, a talented interview. I think I'm the best in journalism. Mm. I think I'm better than everybody. I'm telling you the truth. I think that. I think no. I'm the best at everything. No, I think I'm the best. I'm talking about David Letterman, all of them. I think I'm the Michael, I ain't gonna say Michael Jordan, Serena Williams, okay? My dude, the Serena Williams of this thing. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, so I'm like, when I do this, I feel like I'm gonna be as big as Oprah Winfrey doing journalism. Yeah. I think I'm gonna be bigger than David Letterman. I feel like I am Arsenio Hall slash Walter Cronkite of this era. And the thing that makes me different is if you look at our friends and our peers in the game, you know, they just doing rappers or whatever. I do politicians. I do Dr. Fauci. I do domestic violence. I do triumph stories of people who were selling drug kingpins, went to jail, changed their life, came back. They did, like, I touch everything that affects the community. Right. Everything. Yeah. Everything that affects the community. That's what I do. And, um, and I think we need that because I don't never, even when I did music, when I made Make It Rain, I really wasn't going to the strip clubs, but I made it for my people who went to the strip clubs. Right. So when I do my journalism, so when I interview Dr. Fauci, Fat Joe ain't going to no strip clubs, but I got to ask the man, yo, when could people go back in the strip clubs, Dr. Fauci? <laughs> they ask him. So I speak for my village. <laughs> And, and, and you, I know people like your fat you're a fool for asking them that. I gotta ask. No, that's real. That's real. I interview. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know Miss Lawrence from the ATL. Yes. I had my grip, my Gay Pride Day. For some reason, in the hip hop community, although we got brothers and sisters as gay, we seem to not want to talk about it. Yeah. So you got Big Bad Fat Joe talking about it. Yeah. And I'm with Mrs. Lawrence. And I'm like, Miss, I'm not trying to offend nobody. I don't know what that means. Could you tell me so I, I won't that, offend again? I can respect that. Cause I, I feel the same way. You know, you if there's a line, like you're not being you're not trying to be disrespectful. You don't mean to offend anyone, but when you're trying to figure things out or you ask certain questions, you know, you don't want them to you don't want anyone in the LGBTQ community to take it the wrong way because you're just trying to get an answer. And some exactly. people don't know how to ask that. So that's where you step in. You know, you ask. I just tell them the straight up truth. I'm, I'm raw with it. I'm like, yo, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Can you answer this for me? So that way I don't make this mistake again. Right. And then he break it down to me. I mean, like I talk to everybody, man. You know, uh, so the we'll whole thing about- We'll get more, huh? we'll get more of Jopra. We'll get yeah. That's what you're gonna get. Live shows, hopefully. Live, like with an audience when it's time. um. Live shows. We're gonna get live shows when it opens up. Um, I'm working on my book now, the Fat Joe book. I, I've I've never 
worked on a book before. I'm working on it. It's amazing. Uh, we're talking about a TV series based on my life from before rapping to rap. Mm. You know what I mean? We're talking about Hollywood. I sold the movie to Hollywood. Warner Brothers is called Kato, King Kato. You know, so I'm, I'm branching out more into like the movies and TV and stuff like that. I love that. I love that, Joe. Well, you know, we got to wrap it up, okay? Now they want to be like, listen. <laughs> and like I said, I could talk to you all. Hey, like, listen. I want to go all the way back. Like, we got to do this again because I want to go all the way back to. Let's do it again. And you got that. You earned all that. You earned part two. <laughs> you earned part two. Don't worry about it. We'll get it back. You hear that, Kashawn? <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me for the kickoff of Grown Folk Fridays. And of course, we're about to get into the meet and greet. So I want you to stay right there because we got some, some very uh, eager fans waiting to connect with you. And I just want to say thank you. Let everyone know uh, where they can follow you. Of course, I know, but I'm going to let you say it. Where they can follow you, website. Instagram, Fat Joe on Twitter, Fat Joe on um Facebook, everywhere, Fat Joe. Fat Joe on your tizzle. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Joe. Really appreciate it. Thank you.